This is the Accidental Safety Pro brought to you by Vivid Learning Systems and the Health and Safety Institute. My name is Jill James, Vivid's Chief Safety Officer, and today I'm joined by Jeff. Jeff is an environmental health and safety professional in a manufacturing setting in West Central Wisconsin. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jill. I appreciate it. So, Jeff, right off the bat, um, you and I are kind of came from competing colleges, didn't we? Yes, we did. <laughs> you are a, well, you can tell the audience, where did you graduate with your safety degree? Sure. I actually got both my degrees from uh, UW-Stout. Mm, and mine are from the University of, of uh, Minnesota in Duluth. And so when I was a student at, in Duluth, we were always talking about those stout grads in the safety program. <laughs> it went both ways, trust me. Did it? <laughs> yes. Especially so he- <laughs> when I was there, it had a lot to do with the um, semiconductor fields yes. and, and students trying to get uh, either internships or jobs with that. I know, right? You're just paving the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Jeff, um, how, how many years have you been in the career now? Uh, well, let's see. I started in um, 1998. Yeah, okay. So that's that 20, 21 years, something yeah. like that. Right, a while. So, you know, yeah, I've, I've got you by a few years, but um, <laughs> but not by much. It's, so it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's been a long career. It's it, you know, When you think back, it's, I know, right? I've, been in, I've been at this number of different employers, but I've been at this for a couple decades, and it's like, wow. It's, it's yeah. all the changes that have occurred since uh, since I started and stuff, you know, learning on the regs in a book, highlighting. Yeah, that's exactly know. that's exactly how I learned them. And it's still my favorite way to look at the OSHA regulations is to take out my physical copy of my well-worn coffee spilled, you know, book. <laughs> um, yeah, me too. I, I prefer paper <laughs> over over digital. Yeah, I do too. It's just easier to it's easier to read them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doc, speaking of, you know, long career this week, I happened to do just a little bit of, you know, statistics for myself. I was thinking about you know, the number of workplaces I've been in just in my career with OSHA, which lasted um, about 11 years. Mm -hmm. And I I counted up how many inspections I had done in that time. And the number is 528 where I was lead investigator. That doesn't count the ones that I was a partner on. And I thought, yeah, you know, I guess that's why every time someone says like a business or a company name or what they do, I kind of have that cloud caption over my head that I'm like, yeah, I've been in a place like that. Oh yeah. I've been in a place like that. (laughs) It was, it was certainly, certainly worth the time, but I'm interested to hear and have you share with our audience this storied career. What happened after, well, actually, you know what, let's start before that. How did you decide you wanted to get into safety and then go from there? Yeah. I, I don't remember exactly when it occurred, but I know I was still an undergrad at Stout, um, and uh, I guess it was, uh, it was a conversation I had with my father, who who was HR for mm. a manufacturing company in central Wisconsin, and I don't know how we got on to it, but obviously he was talking to me about a story um, about an unfortunate incident that occurred at their plant, and mm. It was uh, a very severe injury where an employee had uh, taken their hands out of the pullback restraints mm-hmm. on punch press. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, um, and I don't remember the exact details, but then the the, the unfortunate um, was a loss of limb. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then he's telling me more about workers' comp. Uh, and, and it wasn't so much about the story of what had happened, as, and it was very tragic. Uh, but it was, you know, how some cases can go, whether it's a worker's comp and then, and, but you know, the, the soul supposed to be the sole remedy and yet there was more litig, there was litigation going on and, and not Mm -hmm. knowing anything about safety. I'm like, that's not fair. If, if worker's comp is supposed to do, as you say, it's supposed to do, then how can this person, um, turn it into a, a, a lawsuit Mm -hmm. and, um, that kind of stuck with me. Uh, as I was, I might've been home for a break or something. So I went back to, to school and I was nearing the end of my undergraduate degree and 
as maybe some students do, you start to wonder, well, is this really what I want to do? Or is it, what, what am I really going to do with this degree? Um, yeah. And what were you pursuing as an undergrad? It was uh, um, uh, business administration. Sure. And I thought, well, what am I, what avenue am I truly going to take? Mm-hmm. And so I saw, and that, that kept resonating with me, uh, that, that situation. And it, it really bugged me. And I didn't know why, mm-hmm. um, other than the obvious human impact that it mm-hmm. has. And so I saw that there was um, an OSHA class, Voluntary mm-hmm. OSHA Compliance, in fact, is what it was called at the time. Oh, wow. Um, and I took it as an undergrad. Mm-hmm. And there was graduate level students in there. So by taking it as undergrad, I didn't have to do all the work that they did, but I got to learn the regulations and learn a little, learn a little bit more about what is OSHA, what is safety. Mm-hmm. And it kind of helped me really understand and tie the two together mm-hmm. of this individual who, who was really seriously injured and maimed. Mm-hmm. Um, and how can people help with those situations? Yeah. You know, and make the people understand that, just because it's not working right, you, you never take your hands out of the pullback restraint. So you don't bypass, you know, certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that's what sort of started it. So then when I graduated, um, I decided to go straight into grad school mm-hmm. and, uh, and then eventually uh, graduated in 98 and, and mm-hmm. went on from there. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's kind of how it started. It was yeah. just a, a, a weird conversation, just a conversation between my dad and I and mm-hmm. moved on from there. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah. Interesting to have that HR perspective, you know, growing up in, in your house um, as well. So what was that? What was that first job out of grad school? It was a, uh, <clears throat> a printing company in, um, in the Twin Cities that, uh, Twin Cities of Minnesota. I actually, yeah, mm-hmm. if Minnesota, correct. Mm-hmm. I had to cross the the dreaded river into Minnesota, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, and, and uh, it was a safety coordinator um, position. Sure. Um, and maintenance actually at the time took care of the environmental, so I hadn't yet really started full fledged into the environmental. Um, mm-hmm. But it was it was interesting. Um, yeah, paper had, mills uh, have gosh everything. Well, this wasn't a paper. It was a printing company. Oh, printing company. Yep. I'm sorry. I'm so, mm-hmm. Yeah. If I said mm-hmm. paper, I apologize. Paper I mill, think, I apologize. I don't think you did. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it was a printing company and mm-hmm. and um, never seen equipment like this before. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you had talked in some of your other podcasts. So the, your mentors called you kid. Well, I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't called kid, but uh, I had a lot of uh, basically, well, prove it type. Yes. Because um, I come in as the you know, certainly the, the, the youngster of the group, uh, being the only safety person there, but still this, the youngster, um, in management and, you know, who am I to tell somebody of say 20, 25, 30 years of experience that there's a better way to do things. Mm -hmm. And so even though Mm -hmm. I knew at the time being fresh out of school, I could just about recite the regulations and what Mm -hmm. they mean. Um, I still had to, especially one supervisor, I still had to, I had to literally print it out, highlight it. And, uh, after it. doing that two or three times, then he, he, uh, uh I broke through the barrier mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. But it was mm-hmm. also learning how to deal with, um, bilingual individuals mm-hmm. and, um, uh, challenges with training and all yeah, of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and finally found a, uh, an employee who, uh, was bilingual enough that um, actually more than enough to help us translate documents and orientation and, and, and things like that. It was things that we didn't talk about that kind of stuff in school. And there was a new, new twist on things. Right. 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 And did, did that particular shop, was it also, did it also have union representation too? No, it did not. It was, okay. um, that came much later. That in my came career. later, yeah. Which is yeah. which is another and different partnership um, in our in our field of practice too. It's very unique. Um, yeah. And uh, um, yes, as to yeah. what happened, uh, that happened to be actually at a paper mill. Yeah. Um, okay. But okay. so there's a lot of paper in my. In your, uh, when I in think back, history. I don't. Yeah, in my uh, yeah. Um, work career. Yeah. Well, I guess you know I got my first 
manufacturing exposure as a as a kid, like a tiny kid, uh, elementary school. My growing up, my father worked in the printing industry. Okay, and so I sold my Girl Scout cookies um, <laughs> um, among the whirling um, web presses. Yes. And, you know, I'm like, why did they ever even let a kid on the, you know, on the plant floor? <laughs> and, and uh, you know, with these giant, giant rolls and rollers and rolls of paper and all these moving parts. Um, right. You know, which, yeah, which started. You would never get away with that today, I would hope. No, I know? hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. So what was, what was your next stop? Uh, it was actually, I was there for about three years. Um, okay. And, um I was actually there when 9-11 occurred. And so that actually, mm. you know, put a twist on things. And, and mm. uh, you know, what can we do to, um, is there anything that we can do, you know, from a um, safety perspective? It may, you know, it just, obviously the world changed for those of us of our generation. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, we, you know, site security was always pretty tough. But, uh, you know, th- there are other things that we had to worry about. Um, but shortly thereafter, there was an opportunity to uh, move back to central Wisconsin. Uh, actually, at a place that I did an, uh, an internship for my master's degree. Mm-hmm. And that was um, also, that one was not in paper, but in mm-hmm. uh, painting and uh, chemical um, mm. industry. Yeah, so I you guess. really got to, did you get to lean into the, to the health and environmental piece in that job? Yeah, this one was uh, strictly safety manager role. Okay. Um, and I, I helped a little bit with environmental, but they had a they had an engineer who was strictly environmental. But yet, with some of the experience I was I had learned in my first job, I always wanted to kind of just still sit in on a meeting or two and, and all that. But this one was, uh, yeah, very much my also first exposure to industrial hygiene mm. in the in the workplace. Mm-hmm. But things of uh, ergonomics and uh, safe lifting, because there was not as much, a um, little too much material, manual material handling. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, static electricity, because we're dealing with flammable liquids yeah. uh, from the painting perspective. Mm-hmm. And uh, making sure that the, oh, the, the flammable liquids rooms are, you know, have the, the good draw out of there. So we maintain... You know, mm-hmm. good air quality and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, Did you feel like your education um, prepared you well at at least, you know, as you got into these first couple of jobs? Do, do you recall at the time thinking, okay, I, I I remember learning this. I at least know how to get right. this started. Yep. How did that work for you? I, th- I think, uh, well, with Stout anyway, I'm not sure how Duluth maybe differed or anything, but they – took a more holistic approach uh mm-hmm. you know where you we're going to teach you a whole lot about everything yeah right and it Gen- was real, real generalist it mm-hmm. was generals and mm-hmm. and you know from fire safety dot uh yep. insurance same things like that mm-hmm. um and all the, the hardcore you know confined space lockout and and, and those kind of things yeah um industrial hygiene and certain there were specializations that you could focus on but just there were more generals and so it was still still very much of of things that we learned about but yet even in the regulations to a certain degree you know you're they don't talk or touch on every aspect of what you might see in the workplace yeah can't right and, right otherwise <laughs> yeah. that that reg book would be probably 10 times the size that it is right. um if not more mm-hmm. so you know it, it was okay we read the regulation and try to figure out what are they trying to tell me and how does that apply to this situation? And I'm struggling. Okay. So now I'm going to call, you know, a colleague and, and say, Hey, I'm trying to figure yeah. this out, you know, and, and work use that network that I have in my mm-hmm. young career at that time. If not, mm-hmm. uh, call a professor mm-hmm. and say, Hey, I'm struggling. What, this is what I read. Am I reading this correctly? Am I interpreting this right? Right. Yeah. So I can go back to management and or the safety committee or whatever we, you know, the situation may have been at the time yeah. and make sure that, uh, you know, we take care of things. Yeah. Yeah. I still do that to this day. Yeah, I do as well. I don't yeah. necessarily go back to the college as much, but no, uh, me either. Mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, uh, you know, colleagues that I've worked with over the years or certainly at my current employer, 
Um, yeah. Just work your network. Work mm-hmm. the network, and, and especially in those plants that have similar um, hazards, similar operations, really work those sources. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we eventually figured it out, and it all works out in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. So um, what, what was your next stop? <clears throat> Actually, a competitor of theirs. <laughs> um, you know, I didn't have to worry about a non-compete because the uh, – you know, from a safety perspective, yeah, what is there? You know, They're right. We shamelessly steal from each other anyway, and um, yeah, <laughs> steal you know, and share, and it's all that's good. right. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, similar um, uh, hazards, similar risks. They had a little bit of uh, they had some aluminum extrusion in that in that facility, mm-hmm. um, which was a different animal than what I was exposed to before. Very mm-hmm. intriguing, yeah. very interesting. Uh, line of work or, or industry that that is, um, but a lot of uh, spray painting of uh, powder spray, uh, you know, powder coating and uh, liquid spraying and things like that. So a lot of similar things that I saw, um, and uh, but the aluminum extrusion was was new, mm-hmm. and ultimately some fabrication came into play and really mm-hmm. learning about uh, and taking the machine guarding to the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I had to worry about a lot, unfortunately, and I remember from one of your other podcasts, was just dealing with the sheer volume of um, workers' comp that that we had, yeah, and uh, yeah. trying to get the employees back, um, you know, one in a in a very healed up manner. You know, they're they're ready to come back, but also in a timely fashion mm-hmm. uh, can be a struggle when you're trying to educate the doctors and. And because they don't go to school for OSHA regulations or anything mm-hmm. like that. So coordinating mm-hmm. with them. And uh, I remember holding a, uh, a couple of training sessions with, with some of the local physicians, trying to educate them on how can we, how can we work together to still treat the employee the way they need to be as far as, you know, medically speaking, but yet work with me to get them to come back to work on light duty or work hardening. Yeah. Uh, and, and things of that nature. And that was, that was tough, but also I think very educational for both sides. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's a good tip for, um, for the people who are listening as well, that, you know, to make those relationships, if you can, with the medical community, um, where you're working, you know, there, are, if particularly if the, um, if the medical facilities in your area have occupational medicine departments, they often will welcome an opportunity to tour a work environment so that they can picture in their minds where employees are working. So when they get someone to treat um, from your facility, they can go, oh, yeah, I know what that's like. I've been in there. Mm-hmm. And it helps kind of break down those barriers um, and build some trust as well. If you're inviting them into your facility to say, hey, you know, we we actually do have a light duty program. These are the types of jobs that we have. And so, you know, when someone is coming to, you you know, we, you know, trying to build that relationship early prior to something happening so that they feel OK with releasing their patient um, back to work in some capacity. I agree 100 I, percent. I, I try to get them to do that as often as possible. Um, and uh, some were willing to some just say that, you know, and they're busy. Yeah, um, right. But uh, even to the extent to say it to the physical therapists, if they're, you know, through, from the occupational medicine department mm-hmm. and if not the OCMED department themselves is to how let's have you guys come out. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And and give tours so they get that understanding. They see the risks that we have and and also uh, to, to a, a different extent, but leveraging the insurance companies that that do give us uh, workers comp you know insurance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had I use them. I, I've used. Um, um, oh, now I forget the name. Voluntary OSHA. Um, oh, Wis- sure. Wisconsin, Wisconsin mm-hmm. consultation. Mm-hmm. Um, I use them a lot uh, and uh, to the extent that I could. Uh, at, at one point we got too big. For the program, but mm-hmm. uh, and utilizing so, them uh, really mm-hmm. helped a lot. Right, where, and so Jeff is Jeff is talking about the um, OSHA consultation programs, which is a different piece of OSHA compliance. So different than the people who investigate you, 
are the is is always in every state, whether it's federal or state run OSHA program, they have a consultation division where you can invite them to come into your workplace. You can invite a health prof a professional or a safety professional to come in and help you with anything that you'd like help with. And so you can limit the scope of what you have them help you with. Like maybe you can say, I'm really interested in having someone work with me on some ergonomic solutions for a particular area. And they can come and work with you on that or some industrial hygiene monitoring or yes, you know, exactly. machine guarding issue, anything like that. Yep. And I've used them for both, most the safety uh, side of things yeah. and the, the IH uh, yeah. side of things and and very very good people um i doubt the people that i worked with are still there they, they've probably retired by now but <laughs> yeah they were really helpful and, and uh um helped us really move the program along mm -hmm. yeah good and free service too that does not um trigger an inspection though a lot of people believe that it can right right mm -hmm. <laughs> fake news there <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah 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 so uh, what what's next uh let's see well the economic downturn of 08 sort of led mm. me to some uh to look um uh, elsewhere and uh decided to take a a job at a paper converting company mm. um the, the the paper's coming back again and in northern wisconsin Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, that one had a fairly established program already. Um, but yet they, they hadn't really had a full-time, uh, HSC person there, um, before mm -hmm. uh, sort of that was part their job and, 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 uh, others where it wasn't. So mm -hmm. this is where, um, other than the, the, the place in central Wisconsin, but this is where really, my environmental uh, continued to, to, to take off. Yeah. Um, had um, by the time I left there, there was three production lines where where they converted paper, basically paper from a mill, a paper mill, mm -hmm. um, added value to it, rolled it back up, and, and sent it out as a raw material for their customers. Mm -hmm. And uh, each line had its own oxidizer, for example. Mm, um, wow. and really learning more about, um, intrinsically safe devices and, uh, spill containments and the, the whole company as a whole really understood not just the site itself, but the, the corporate level really understood what it meant to take EHS seriously, mm -hmm. give it the funding that it needed, hmm. which is always important for, yes. for us. Um, and, um. It was uh, uh, it was a it was a, a good employer to work for I me. Mean, it, it was hey, we need to do this or uh, you know get a competing quotes for Arc Flash, for example. And uh, hmm. um, one was eight thousand dollars or so cheaper than the other one, but yet the product we got from the more expensive one was was better. And so the the plant manager said, well, it makes sense. Let's spend the the money to do it right mm -hmm. and get the better end product. Uh, mm -hmm. Beyond just the labeling of of everything, but uh, the training and even the the one lines and uh, the spreadsheets that we get talking about the hazards and how we can correct them, you mm -hmm. know those kinds of things. And and so that was refreshing um, mm -hmm. to experience. The previous employers struggled a little bit to to fully try to fund um, everything that needed to be done to make mm -hmm. the 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 right yeah. um, changes needed. Yeah. So when you say funding, Jeff, does that mean that you actually had a budget since that's sort of a, I mean, that's a legit question to ask. Right. So many of us don't. Uh, no, mm -hmm. and, and, and I, I did and I didn't. I mean, it was a percent of sales. Okay. Um, so. Interesting. It was. And I'm like, well, how do I, you know, by the time I know what your percent of sales are, I mean, I've already spent it. I've already gone through that time period. Mm -hmm. But, but over time I got to figure out a rough estimate of, of what I'm allowed to spend. And, and in the later years that I was there, we started developing a, a, a better budget. And, um, but there's things like, you, you know, safety glasses and, and cut resistant gloves. Those are just the consumables. Yes, they're, they're budgeted, but there's really no preventing them from, you know, preventing us from buying them. You right. have to have those. Right. Okay. Uh, 
so it might be, you know, from a budgetary standpoint, it might be taking our, um, our four gas detectors and instead of buying a new one, maybe we send it out to be refurbished mm -hmm. uh, instead of buying brand mm -hmm. new. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are the kind of things that we would look at, um, yeah. you know, budgetary wise. Right. Or deciding, you know, the, what your budget would be for that arc flash study you were talking about. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That came very early on. And, and so I really didn't, um, fortunately didn't have to worry about it as much, Wow. but, um, yeah, there was other what things that we, you know, we, yeah, it really was. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, you know, to say that we, you know, we would do pinch point studies and, and, well, we got to beef up our machine guarding or, uh, you know, what are we going to use from, you know, our light curtains or sc floor scanners or, you know, it was, uh, mm -hmm. from that kind of perspective, we were really able to make a great impact, um, in employee safety. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. employees always didn't think it was a great impact because they would forget that they were there. They would trip the light curtain and the machine would stop. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, from that perspective, it's, it keeps going back to, well, here's why we're doing it. Keep educating them yeah. and saying, hey, you know, this is why this is here. Mm -hmm. You know, this, if, if we don't guard this hazard, things will happen. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's one site, the, the second site that I had that um, something major happened in the workplace mm -hmm. that uh, sort of. Uh, shaped how I take things, um, how I approach people, um, yeah, and, and things tell, like talk that. Talk about um, that. Sure. The, the The first one was in my first job, uh, right out of college, and that one was un as a very unfortunate incident. A gentleman had a a uh, we later find out a massive heart attack, and and uh, he was um, almost immediately dead, apparently. Mm -hmm. uh, but still, I was one of the first responders, and having first aid CPR training just three weeks prior in my first job and, oh, and all gosh. these things that, uh, yeah, right. It was, um, it really shook me. Um, so we, we basically started, um, one of the, a maintenance tech and myself were the first two, um, and we were in the same class in the same boat. And mm -hmm. so those wonderful thoughts of, well, is it 15 to two? Is it 30 to one? Um, uh, yeah. What do we do? It's yeah, like, under duress, um, trying to remember what you just learned. Exactly, yeah. and mm -hmm. and basically, I told him, I said, it's better than nothing. You know, <laughs> I think it's fifteen to two, and I think it was actually back then. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so we we just started. Uh, we were just wrapping up, fortunately for us, because I, I I was admittedly scared, and um, yeah. uh, a. a another person who had more seen, um, experience in first aid CPR and all that took over. Um, so then I made, I did everything else. I made sure the scene was safe. I made sure we got everything uh, cleared out of the way for the emergency responders. I checked where are people out the street on the edge of the parking lot? Did we have people halfway at the door, everything that we were supposed to do and people were already doing it, which was mm -hmm. phenomenal. Um, and the next one was at that place in Northern Wisconsin. Um, a, um, we had some exposed uh, rollers and unfortunately without going into too much detail, the, the employee ended up, uh, um, being pulled through two rollers that were eight and a half inches apart. Wow. It was never identified on our pinch point assessments, which we did annually. Mm -hmm. And that had been there for, I was there, I think at five or six years at the time, yeah. it never crossed our minds. Yeah. And this is, it was extremely troubling to everybody mm -hmm. because when we're doing our pinch point assessments, we're looking for belts and pulleys, chains and sprockets, mm -hmm. those things that are so close together mm -hmm. that it's well, obvious. Yeah. Right. And yeah. go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I was just, I was just thinking, you know, the number of times that I was told, you know, when I was with OSHA, people would go, why didn't I see that? Like, why did you see it? And I didn't, I've been walking past the same thing for, you know, and they would cite whatever period of time, right. years or months or whatever. And, you know, it's that fresh eyes perspective. It's, yep. it's, it's simply that, and I'm, you know, and, 
and you know giving grace to people because literally there's so many moving moving parts like literal moving parts right it, it it is difficult and you know i think that's the beauty of um occasionally bringing in fresh eyes um because yes. you do get used to those things or even you know if if you if you are struggling with how to bring fresh eyes in it can be as as simple as you know doing a department swap with someone else you know yes. who isn't yep. normally in that same area um to be to be looking in a way that your eyes might not be seeing it. Yeah. And it was, uh, fortunately the employee, um, he did get hurt, but, um, Mm. turned out okay. Everything worked out in the end and that was great. Um, we did get a visit from your counterparts and, and things like that. Um, (laughs) and, uh, um, you know, and it, and it worked out it, Mm -hmm. they, we got cited for, um, lockout tag out because you know it's a cleaning operation and it's like sure. well, but it's easier from an ergonomics and employee strain perspective to do it while moving mm-hmm. so ultimately what we decided we figured out a way to do it through machine guarding and sure. through an ena- enabling switches or live man switches yeah um they call them dead man switches and i said i don't like that term mm-hmm. <laughs> uh mm-hmm. so enabling switches and mm-hmm. actually we we showed osha our corrective action and they said we need a video on that because that's awesome. an intriguing way of dealing with a lockout issue, mm-hmm. but through machine guarding and and things like that. So in, in tool selection and things, and so mm-hmm. it had mm-hmm. some silver linings, but it wasn't without its struggles mm-hmm. and and um, difficult mm-hmm. times. So what that had how that had shaped my career was was um, you know really explaining to people that you might not like these rules, even though we explain to them and you understand them. I said, look, my job is to make sure you go home at the end of the night. It's all of our jobs Mm -hmm. to look out after each other. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have to like each other, but Mm -hmm. there is no reason why everyone can't go home at the end of the day. Yeah. And and really, truly trying to, and sometimes you can't get through their heads. So you try to go through their hearts Mm-hmm. That's right. And um, mm-hmm. just like when and, asking for money, I mean, yes, yeah. I mean, there, there, there are you know there are many things that we ask for in in life where we need to partner with someone on, and so not everyone's motivation is the same as yours. Mm-hmm. And so understanding that sometimes it's a it's a cerebral motivation, and sometimes it's a heart motivation, and uh, you know understanding that you know how can we how can you approach this in a couple of different areas so that you right. can come to a common agreement. Um, regardless of what your motivation is, right? Yeah, and and so that really, and I think that really played well with with the employees. Um, you know, say, looking, it's not just this these cold hard facts, or whether it's a or regulations. I mean, there's reasons why these regulations, be it from OSHA or the DNR or or even a corporate perspective, mm-hmm. there are reasons why. Um, they exist. Mm -hmm. And one of my professors long time ago said, and I, it's, it doesn't sound well today because of PC and whatnot, but he goes, basically all these regulations are written in blood. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. as the industrial revolution, all these things took place, people have been hurt. And so Mm -hmm. it's been a reactive culture Mm -hmm. to a certain degree because they were written after and developed after somebody got hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh and and things like that and you know and so it's try to explain it to them from the heart side of things guys Mm -hmm. and gals this is this is where this started from and yes it's it may not be um comfortable if we had to wear bump caps for example yes it's hot sometimes Mm -hmm. but tell you what here's why Mm -hmm. you know do you really want to go home or have to go to the hospital with at least just a bump on your head, you know, mm-hmm. or worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and over time, you, you build that rapport with people and they really get to see where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for sharing those incidents mm-hmm. and how they, how they shaped what you do. Appreciate that. Yeah. So you're in a, you're in a manufacturing setting now. Is that, was that the next stop after, after the place you were? Uh, not, no, it was, no. there was oh, a yeah, actual more. paper mill just in between. Yeah. That okay. was a short stint. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, 
that was eye-opening. I mean, you're talking about something that uh, had its roots that were literally over 100 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, the water wheels are still there and still in mm-hmm. place and still functioning mm-hmm. and uh, and things of that nature. And he, he, you look at machine guarding in, in a certain light, then all of a sudden you go to a paper mill and yeah. and um, it's shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, how massive, things massive scale it, it's yes it's mm-hmm. it's and these aren't even large paper machines compared to some plants that i learned about once i was there but mm-hmm. it was uh again in somewhat of a relief i didn't have to worry about environmental they had an environmental manager there and and so it was strictly safety and mm-hmm. and uh, and of course workers comp that goes with it uh, this was the union facility hmm. okay uh, my only one in my career so far um and uh that was eye-opening and I, I i remember on one of your podcasts and it was talking about and i you know because i had the exact or, or fairly similar circumstance um where there was there was a slip trip fall hazard and um, i asked in this case i happened to be a maintenance person if they would help you know clean that up mm-hmm. and uh, or take care of it and they said after break, you know, because it was break time. And, and I said, well, I said, no, never mind. Yeah, I'll, I said, I'll take care of it. And, of course, that didn't sit well um, with um, the union. And, and uh, I'm like, look, I, I get it that that may be their job to do, but I'm not going to let a hazard just sit there. Mm-hmm. And I said, what if I say, okay, fine. Billy, whatever his name was, and mm-hmm. you know, and say, okay, I, I, you know, you promise you're gonna take care of it, right? Mm-hmm. And it would, two seconds later, someone can walk through, slip, trip, fall, and and who knows yeah. what could happen as far as an injury goes. So mm-hmm. I said, I'm gonna fix these things no matter whose job it is because I don't want someone to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the issue was dropped fairly quickly. I mean, they knew. It's not exactly a right or wrong, but it was the right decision to make. Yeah, yeah. Because they, in in the end, don't want anyone to get hurt either. Yeah. Well, and, you know, regardless, union or not, I mean, that could have simply been a piece of, you know, a belief system in a human being who was like, yeah, yeah it's fine. That's going to sit it there. I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm gonna go right. have my cup of coffee. <laughs> or, or, you know, or the misguided um, understanding that, well, I saw it. They'll see it, too. Yeah, right. And mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. no, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not obvious sometimes. It's not common sense yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and so, like I said, it was, it was, um, wasn't there very long, a um, little under a year, in fact. And, and uh, um, mm-hmm. it was eye opening. It was a great experience. Uh, and, uh, and then came to the, the, to the facility, to the company that I'm at now. And uh, which has some paper in it, but not 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 a hundred percent like uh, um, all, so some have, of the other employers. Yeah, so you have a literal paper trail in your career. A literal, like yes, have, yes. You have a little and, bit of paper uh, everywhere you've been. It, yeah. Sometimes you don't think about it, and all of a sudden you think back, and like, holy smokes, I it's like mani- I like paper manufacturing in one way, shape, or form or another, yeah. and uh-huh. and um, but yeah, I. I I came to my current employer, and and it's another type company that uh, that does it right, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I don't really have to tongue in cheek a little bit worry about a budget too much, mm-hmm. uh, and um, have environmental health, safety, workers' comp um, responsibilities. But this is the first employer in my career that I actually have a staff. Otherwise, I've been a one-man wrecking crew uh, yeah. for my whole career, and and it's mm-hmm. it's yeah, which is really common, which is really HSC common. We're technician. often solo operators. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, um, what sort of analyst. positions do you have on your team? Interesting and, title. Okay. Well, yep. Um, and a um, um, actually lost an employee to an internal job bid, so I'm actually looking for another. Uh, um, we're going to actually increase the requirements. And so we're going to have another HSC tech. Okay. And then I have a contract, um, environmental gentleman. Wow. And, uh, so I've been, I'm to be honest, blessed 
um, because of the amount of work that the employer requires, mm-hmm. the demands of, of this facility, uh, I don't know that any one person could last very long here. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yes, it's, 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 it's interesting, it's challenging, mm-hmm. uh, and refreshing all at the same time to, to have a group of people who have common interests uh, the, being the HSE field and, um, and, and know that, and especially a team that I know that if I were gone for training, like I was last week, um, they, they have it covered yeah. that I'm not going to get a text unless of course the, the worst of the worst occurs mm-hmm. uh, saying that, Hey, can you help us decide some basic thing? And so mm-hmm. it's, it's very okay. refreshing. And, mm-hmm. and knowing that if I get a phone call in the middle of the night, it's for the worst of the worst, which yeah. fortunately has not happened very often that yeah. there's people here. There's even the, the on-site supervisors who are um, trained enough to know how to deal with some of the basic things. Mm-hmm. And that's been a relief as well. Because it's not something I've had the the benefit of for most of my career. Right. So talk more about this HSE analyst position, because I think that's probably perking some ears. Like, what is that? Is that like a data person? Uh, basically. Um, but this individual does more than that. And in fact, is uh, shortly after this person started before me, mm-hmm. um, worked themselves beyond the role. But the way that the role is intended to be is um, basically, and I don't want to diminish the title or the person's role or certainly the contributions, but crunching data. Um, and, and so we look at our leading and lagging indicators mm-hmm. and, um, and, and to a certain extent, some data entry that mm-hmm. has to be reported to, to mm-hmm. corporate. But um, that in a nutshell is really what it is. And it, it affords us... Um, especially if we're, you know, a solo operator, you know, you always are trying to look at your leading and lagging indicators and, and to help you figure out where do I focus our time and, and things like that. And so this is, um, this Mm -hmm. is really, it's really a helpful position, but like I said, Mm -hmm. the individuals work themselves out, um, and beyond that. Yeah. So Jeff, for, for people who are listening, who are maybe starting out and are wondering, Hmm, what sort of numbers or where would you be gathering or looking for leading and lagging indicators? Can you give maybe an example of some places that you're gathering um, data from? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> well, simply, you can start with um, near misses or near hits, close calls. Depends on what you, you know, what you call it. Uh, first mm-hmm. aid reports. And unfortunately, that's a lagging because the incident already occurred. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, you know, then, unfortunately, if you have recordable, so you're looking at your, your, um, you know, those things that where the event already occurred, you're looking at the, the data generated from those investigations or root causes. And, mm-hmm. and so those would be your lagging indicators. And you know, hopefully you're looking for and can find trends that mm-hmm. would sort of point you in the right direction. Uh, whether is it, is it training or is it procedural or, Holy cow, it's machine guarding. We need to improve there. Um, Mm -hmm. From a a leading perspective, and each site can, each company or person can do it a little bit differently, but we have a a variety of different tools that we look at and uh, from an ergonomics perspective. So we we assess a job or a task and it generates a score Mm -hmm. um, through the software that we use and it it risk ranks it. Um, Same with our... um, hazard identification, risk analysis, uh, so HIRA, um, even mm-hmm. MOC, management of change, mm-hmm. these things that we have, and, and even through our machine guarding assessments. So you, you are able to tie a number to it or some sort of identifier to it or risk ranking to them mm-hmm. and um, figure out, and through the software, it tells us, oh, this is a red or, a, or an orange or a yellow, depends on how it breaks it out. So mm-hmm. it helps you identify where to start to make corrective actions. Mm-hmm. And we apply the same principles to energy, water, and uh, uh, waste. 
Interesting. Yeah, so Jeff, is this software something that's specific to safety or is it part of the uh, manufacturing software that you're uh, using? This is, this is a, something that's, uh, it's, a, it's safety related. It's not something that's generic. Yeah. Uh, it's something that the company subscribes to, at least from the ergonomics perspective. Yeah, okay. Um, the MOC and the HIRA and the machine guarding um, is uh, company driven. The, mm-hmm. They had, they create the tools mm-hmm. uh, okay. that we use. And so those are internally generated. Sure. Um, but again, it just gives us uh, and say, okay, well, our, I'll throw out just an odd number, but average uh, risk score of for ergonomics of 12 mm-hmm. or six, excuse me, 16. So our goal for 2020 is to reduce the overall average risk score to a 12 mm-hmm. and uh, versus saying, I'm going to reduce from a 12 red categories to 11 well that you have no idea um, how many risk points that might take to get it out of that category mm-hmm. and it might not be feasible to get it out of that category mm-hmm. so those are some things we do and 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 quite honestly they the, the analyst position that you talked about um, created something that's also uh, what we use from a leading perspective we call it safety champions and uh, yeah, it's been used before mm-hmm. it's been used even before the analyst was here mm-hmm. but yet that person sort of uh, modified it updated it and put some fresh light to it and what that is is a uh, a topic is is created in fact this month we're going to talk about lockout tag out okay and so there's it's it's a one pager mm-hmm. um, kind of information we talk a little bit about policy procedure, but then what we do is, uh, for example, next Thursday have an all employee safety meeting. So we'll talk about some generic topics in that meeting. The mm-hmm. second part of that meeting is going to be our safety champion part. And so, um, I, or even one of my team in the near future will say, well, here's what the topic of the of the safety champions is about mm-hmm. February lockout tag out. Mm-hmm. And then, we're going to go out and hazard hunt. Um, And uh, Mm -hmm. so the second part of that or the third part of that meeting, I guess, is more Mm hands-on. It's, and and the safety champions are the leadership staff that we have here at the site. So quality manager, operations manager, uh, materials manager, maintenance manager, HR, myself, plant Mm -hmm. manager. Mm -hmm. We all share and have a, a department Mm-hmm. that we are assigned to. And so then basically it's, uh, uh, this is actually next week is the first, for, this is the format we're going to try mm-hmm. for 2020. Last year it was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I roll out the topic, everyone hears the same message and then we go out on the floor and we execute it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a hazard hunt, we're going to, are all the lockout placards hanging the way they're supposed to be? Are they legible? Even some basic things like that, or, you know, it could be container labeling, slip trip falls. Are mm-hmm. there single pallets, hoses, extension cords, um, mm-hmm. and, and so, uh, a so whole host chan- of things that we will look at. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, different topics and things of that nature. Sure. So that's, it's unique to this workplace that I've mm-hmm. been a part of. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's so, others that are doing it, but. Right. And so the champions piece you said that made up of uh, people from the leadership team, they, when you're doing the hazard hunt, mm-hmm. each of you is sort of assigned a different department. Is that what I, is that what I heard? Yes, that's correct. To, to be the champion in that particular area while the, uh, employees are coming together to put eyes on things and do correct. hazard Correct. They'll, they'll do a refresher okay. um, to say, hey, okay, now remember, we're looking for lockout tag out. Oh, yeah. by the way, though, there's always, if you spot anything else, uh-huh. we're not going to ignore it. Yep. You know, we, it's the old adage of see something, say something and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. we're looking at lockout or we're looking at, um, GHS or whatever that might be, Yeah. but we're always on the lookout for something else. What else popped up mm-hmm. that, um, that we need to address. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. so we take all these findings and we plunk them into a spreadsheet and I wish there was a, a magic tool for that, but it's old school Excel spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if work orders are gener- or, um, you know, entered in, we, you know, we track things through work orders and basically HSC will track it to completion. 
Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. That's a, that's a really great model. And I bet um, people who will be listening to this episode will think, hmm, maybe I want to try that in my facility. There's a couple of other things, Jeff, that you had shared with me when we've talked before mm-hmm. that I was wondering if you would mind talking about. Um, one of them being partnerships you've had um, with regard to safety with, um, you know, community partners in, in right. the in the community where you where you where you live and operate, and then the other one was about zero waste. I remember you oh, talked about mm-hmm. that too, and I think that's just interesting. Sure, um, and in fact, I know when we talked about and my most recent employer, we we did a uh, mass casualty mock event. Uh, the county approached us and asked if we would be interested in helping, and I, quite honestly, I thought it was just you know my time, my resources, things like that from a manufacturer's perspective. Mm-hmm. As this, 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 these meetings wore on, all of a sudden I, re- I figured out, no, they really want us to do it on site. Mm-hmm. That we, we're the guinea pigs of this drill. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. No, this mm-hmm. is even better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we, over the course of about a year, uh, had meetings developing the, the, the plan um, and quite honestly, it was, it was interesting at the time that we started this, we said, well, let's have it where it's in the middle of winter and there's a lot of snow, cold temperatures, et cetera. Let's and, make it bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. well, quite honestly, as we started getting closer, um, to the date when we did it, which was late summer last year, even as we're developing this, the February of last year came in and, and I don't know. You know, certainly everybody who listens to this is not going to know, but when we have 50 inches of snow in one month and, and 50, 60 degree below zero wind chills, um, we are starting to really wonder that this may come true, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so it got mm-hmm. us to thinking about, well, what is the snow load on our roof and, and yeah. uh, things like that. But we basically launched it as a, we, we had a script, but we did a, a 911 call. Mm-hmm. And we had, uh, I had already had employees who volunteered their time. We did this all outside to, to minimize impact to the, to the facility mm-hmm. and production. But, um, and so we, we, we had the local hospital who was involved and, and, and those individuals actually did some moulage or put some makeup on some of our people and, and to, to sort of make it a little bit more live. And, <laughs> and so we had, uh, being in a little smaller community had uh, a bunch of different agencies involved, mutual aid agencies involved, mm-hmm. sheriffs, police, fire, EMS, life mm-hmm. flight was mm-hmm. uh, participated, mm-hmm. um, the <laughs> hospital, and then certainly wow. us as well. And so it's it was a real test to everybody's policies and procedures and cultures and, and things like that. And it went well. Everybody really enjoyed it. Um, you know, and it was sometimes it's it's just triage on site and say, okay, you're dealt with. No, they they actually transported to the hospital, wow. and then the hospital had to do their thing. Yeah, yeah. And, what uh, what a massive undertaking, and how how smart. It it was I thought very well thought out. I think everybody did a really good job. Um, I even as we were talking about this, uh, I forgot that when I, the the employer that I was at up north, we did a mock spill drill. Mm-hmm. with a local fire department up there and and um, um what would they do if we lost containment of a tanker that mm-hmm. was on site and things like that and and you know the the local communities if those who are listening can do it and can pull it off yes it serves the the you know the local emergency responders very well but also to a certain extent it's self-serving mm-hmm. you know they know what your hazards are and to us to a certain degree and then they can better respond um you know and things like that so yeah so if someone's listening to this and they're thinking gosh i want to do this in my community was the was the uh the the entity that spearheaded it like ems at the county level is that how yes it was the yeah it was the county emergency management um uh, manager coordinator whatever their title would be um initially sought us out but you know, if there's someone out there who wants to do something, I believe, and I'm not sure about every state, but at least in Wisconsin, what I'm learning is that every county has to do some sort of drill. 
mm-hmm. um, and document and things like that. And so that might be something that, um, you know, you, if you're interested, yeah, they mm-hmm. would contact that person. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. What a, what a great idea. Yeah. I know um, one of our other podcast guests, um, Brandy, I believe it's episode number two, um, talks about um, something similar that she did in, in uh, the facility where, where she's currently working as well and, and in partnership with the um, local law enforcement agency. I think they were the spearhead there, the sheriff's department mm-hmm. um, in that setting. Yeah. Well, then well, you mentioned just, something about uh, um, landfill or zero landfill. And, and yeah, so zero that's waste what initiative. we, zero mm-hmm. waste, yeah, we yeah. have been working very diligently. Uh, it's been a, in fact, it's a, it's a corporate mandate. Um, even though it's costing us a fair amount more money per year, um, we are, have been so far, we're almost on a year, uh, been able to eliminate our waste streams from the landfill. Oh, wow. Um, it, 100% goes to a waste to energy site, hmm. which means that our trash, now has nothing to do with our recycling. We still recycle mm-hmm. and, and stress it and still look for ways to do better with that. Mm-hmm. But everything that would normally go into the trash compactor um, goes to a, a location that, uh, without and going in, without going into 100% details on what they do or how they do mm-hmm. it, but in essence, they they incinerate the trash mm-hmm. and they make energy with it mm-hmm. um, and uh, and stuff like that. So um, wow. it's 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 pretty interesting, and uh, yes, yeah, so we're coming up on one year next month Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what we have to do in order that's just step one in order to get certified within our company Mm -hmm. Um, and so we're we're pretty excited about that and that we're able to achieve it and and uh, yeah congratulations thank you thank you and it's it's even though it's costing us more money the the company I work for really strives that even though it's it's even though it costs more money and 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 things like that it's the the right thing to do Mm mm-hmm and mm-hmm. um and so mm-hmm. that's sort of the mantra that we have been able to do this hmm. and and stuff like that so yeah. um hmm. it's it's really it. it's really good yeah well jeff as we wrap up our time today i'm curious to know you've given examples of you know your your work you've been able to do in environmental work you've been able to do in health work you've been able to do in safety do you have do you have a favorite of those three well, I would say safety is probably mm-hmm. um, my favorite, and in part because I think it's a little bit, uh, even to a certain extent, easier. Hmm. Um, sometimes dealing with the EPA and the DNR can be quite challenging. It's um, complex for sure. It, it, it can mm-hmm. be, uh, depending mm-hmm. upon where you are and what you know permit you might have. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the safety perspective, and I think for the most part. Is it, it? It's because you're dealing with the people. To go back to the to, to the opening story I gave, it's it's that human side of things. Is, um, yeah, there's you're dealing with equipment and you know, the cold equipment and all that. But when you deal with the people and working, where there's the human machine inter- interface and interactions and and really, even from a maybe almost from an educator's perspective, where else you see the light bulb go off in their face or in their head uh, that they finally get it. Or that mm-hmm. they understand what you're doing, or you're you're educating and training them, and you can see that they're excited about it, or that they how they can apply something. Um, mm-hmm. th- those are the rewards, mm-hmm. or the thank yous that you all all too often don't necessarily get, but uh, where they appreciate your efforts. Mm-hmm. That's why I continue to uh, to yeah. do what I do. Yeah, and it sounds like you know that's kind of what intrigued you right from the start from that conversation that you had with your dad all those years ago you know and, the and human piece. i didn't think about it exactly like that until i asked you asked the question and i'm and i'm trying to answer it and it's like wow this really does yeah go full circle yeah uh, yeah <laughs> yeah wonderful well jeff thank you so much for your time today and the wisdom that you shared and for the work that you've been doing all this time in uh, the great state of Wisconsin. Well, thank you, and and and, and thank you for doing the podcast. It's it's I enjoy listening to those as well. 
Mm -hmm. You're welcome. You're welcome. And thank you all for spending your time listening today. And more importantly, thank you for your contribution, making sure your workers, including your temporary workers, make it home safe every day. If you'd like to join the conversation about this episode or any of our previous episodes, you can follow our page and join the Accidental Safety Pro community group on Facebook. And if you're not subscribed and you want to hear past and future episodes, you can subscribe in iTunes, the Apple Podcast app, or any other podcast player that you'd like. You can also find all of the episodes at vividlearningsystems.com slash podcast. We'd love it if you could leave a rating and review us on iTunes. It really helps us connect the show with more and more safety and health professionals like Jeff and I. And of course, go ahead and share any episodes you'd like with your friends. If you have a suggestion for a guest, including if it's you, you can go ahead and contact me at social at vividlearningsystems.com. Special thanks to Will Moss, our podcast producer. Until next time, thanks for listening.